0: Hi, everyone. This is Lara Taldman back for the next incarnation of Graveyard Sessions, a show that is about the artist and their creative process. Uh, for those of you who have listened to my recordings before, my podcast before, uh, this show was begun Because I interviewed myself during the pandemic uh, as to why I, why and how, and how I was inspired to write the songs on my first album, Revelation. And I enjoyed that process so much that I realized I was going to miss doing that after I was done. So I started interviewing all the artists around me of all kinds about their creative processes. And I was inspired by conversations I was having. Uh, Some of them had gone on for years, and some of them were brand new. Um, But they were all about creative process. And now uh, a lot's happened since I uh, had to go offline with the podcast. I had to make another album um, here in New York City. And um, I am not a Canadian citizen, so I had to make... Uh, I found this wonderful group of guys here in New York city who are now my band. I recorded at, um, the studio they work from called atomic sound recording company out of Red Hook, Brooklyn. And, um, it took a while to get that all together. Uh, it was not planned. It just happened. And, uh, uh, my producer, Steve Williams, who's also the drummer, uh, Paul Frazier, uh, the mixer and producer and bass player, uh, Walter Parks, who also has uh, his band Swamp Cab- Cabbage, as well as the Unlawful Assembly, as well as does historical work on the origins of American music through the Library of Congress, worth looking up on YouTube. Uh, I also co-wrote with Walter and he plays guitar and, um, arranged, he did a lot of the arrangements for me as well as Etienne Lytle who plays keyboards. And I also, uh, co-wrote with him. He did a lot of the arrangements for the songs on this upcoming album, Old Kentucky Light," which will be released on September 16th of, um, this year. Um, being released, uh, debuted by Americana UK Association, which I'm very proud and excited that they are premiering the single. Um, It's called Silver Linings off of the album. And uh, then last month I released the video single called The Water. And um, (laughs) you can hear that on all streaming platforms as well as see the video Filmed by uh, Paul Story, and um, wonderful experience to film that. Wonderful experience to have the song out and um, have written that song. And uh, there will be another podcast uh, explaining the meaning of or how that, the meaning of that song and how it was written. And without further ado. Um, I want to tell you about silver linings since that's why we're here today. Um, silver Linings was a song that came together. Uh, once I sat down and wrote it, it came very quickly, um, as far as lyrics and melody. Um, but the coming the the all the re- uh, ingredients that made up that song took a few years. Um, it all began one night um here in Manhattan, probably i think in twenty seventeen twenty eighteen i think twenty seventeen anyway uh i was i had just moved back and i was uh i had a terrible cold of course, and it was in the fall and I found out fortuitously that Bob Dylan was giving a series of performances at the Beacon Theater, which he was doing around that time, like once a year or a couple times a year. And um, I was was so upset that I didn't know. And I was like, well, I'll never be able to find a ticket. And this was like about three days before the show. And I looked and uh, I had never seen him in concert. And I just really, really needed to see him in concert. Uh, he's just one of my if you've listened to any of these interview interviews or me talking about music bob dylan's you know super important what a surprise <laughs> to me as a musician um and uh so i just had i had to see him um and i found a ticket the last ticket in the beacon theater uh which is on the front row uh <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you how much it was. But really, in reality, it wasn't as much as you think it was. Um, so I did it. I bought it. I almost didn't go to the show because I was so sick. And I was like, I just dragged myself there. and But I just felt like one gigantic germ. um, And just really kind of sick. But I got there and I didn't realize it. But Mavis Staples was opening for him and, um, I showed up, I I was like a song late or something, which I, if I'd have known she was opening, I wouldn't have been late, but I I was whatever. It didn't matter. I walked in and I just stood there at the front, at the base of that stage, just beaming. I swear, it just gave me so much energy just watching her just (laughs) do her thing on the stage. It, It totally changed my state of mind. It was mind blowing watching her and, um, I felt just so happy. Um, and I totally forgot about being sick and, uh, she actually came down at the end of her show to like touch everybody's hand who was on the first row and, you know, hold their hand and shake it or whatever. And I, 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 she was like, I was like, I'm not going to touch this, this woman because she's older and I'm sick and I don't want to get her sick. I'm so sick. She's going to get like pneumonia or something. (laughs) So I wouldn't grab her hand because I just felt so gross. And she just stood there and kept her outreached hand in front of me until I shook her hand. It was just the sweetest thing. So I took her hand. I'm like, well, I guess I'll do it. And um, that show and her, like, I didn't need to see Bob Dylan after that, though, that he was amazing, too. But that show and her were really life changing for me in ways that sort of reverberated through the years. Um, And I didn't even realize how she was important to me that night until later and really literally in in the last year over the last year of making this album, actually, old Kentucky light, I, I really, and getting into gospel music, it really, that really changed. Um, she really, she is a powerful uh, voice for me and a powerful force and a powerful person. And it really started. It really started to be pointed up to me when, I, you know, the the year of twenty twenty, um, when I, I was I just sat in this my little office in my on the second floor of my old farmhouse, in Canada on the island, and I, I remember I watched. This was right after things started opening back up in the summer, and Winona Judd did a show that was live streamed at the city winery in Nashville. And I remember watching that. It was like the first live show with people in the audience that I saw. And um, uh, it was very moving uh, for me uh, to see that. Moving, very moving and very meaningful. And Winona Judd is amazing to watch um, of her own accord, you know. Um, but one of the things she talked about was, I don't remember why, but she met, was talking about how she was on the stage together with Mavis Staples at the Grand Ole Opry, Opry at the Ryman once and how uh, in recent years and how Mavis Staples was up there before her and she she, she was watching her from the wings and watching this, you know, woman in her seventies just do her thing on that stage. And she just couldn't have cared about it. What anybody thought what she was doing, she was just giving it all, you know, and how powerful that was for uh, Winona Judd. And I was, I don't know, seeing Winona Judd and having her talk about Mavis Staples and Being in that space where none of us knew, I mean, things were just had just been so nuts. Um, I don't know, it, it, the whole thing was, was really the whole, all those images together were so moving um, that I, the next day, oh, and then Winona was talking about during the pandemic year, she was, she walked around her farm and asking God to give her, you know, signs and answers to, to help her through. And she would, she was like, I'd go through and I'd take care of the animals. And I'd talk to God and ask him to show, show me the way. And, you know, ultimately, I realized there were silver linings, you know, these were all silver linings. So the next day, I don't know what, what the first line that came to me for that song was, but it's so sort of, that song is sort of a, a, a an amalgamation of Winona Judd and Mavis Staples in the first two verses, where it starts out with Mavis. She couldn't care less. She made no fuss. She just took to her heels and let us all have it. And that's where I thought about Mavis Staples. And remember, I always think of her playing that night that I saw her opening up for Dylan. Um and then the second verse is why Nona she walks around her farm asking in the sky for answers. She holds the animals and prays for silver linings. Um and uh yeah it meant a lot to me to be able to get those two powerful women <laughs> into that song. Whether or not anybody knows who they are um and it's some people are going to think it's one woman or they're going to, it doesn't even matter. I don't care. But it, I just, it, it, there was something really moving for me somehow to connect these two forces together. And then, you know, there I was, you know, sort of I turn it back on myself, like, well, who am I and who I'm here? Who am I here? And a lot of it that year, because I'm not a Canadian citizen and it was always up in the air, you know. How long do I have here? Can I get an extension to stay until things settle out back in New York City? You know, because I'm not, as I said, not a Canadian citizen, and I wasn't. Even if I'd wanted Canadian citizenship, it would have taken a year. You know, it would have been it just taken a while uh, and a lot of a lot of lifestyle changes that I you know can't make right now or didn't want to make, and so. That line, I'm exiled, I'm squeezed, I'm choking, displeased, and it just my utter discomfort. But it was, you know, not just the utter discomfort of being a stranger in a strange land, but just my own personal discomfort that I always feel exiled. And i I felt more exiled and squeezed most of my life than I've ever felt like I belonged somewhere. I belonged part of something. And for me, the pandemic was this really interesting sort of journey into realizing where my home was. In fact, the last eight years has been about that. And, and, you know, finally it is, if you're lucky in life, you find out where your physical home is. And really what I've learned is the sooner you can find it, the better you'll be where you're most comfortable, where you feel like even on bad days, the place really loves you and you love it. Um, even when things in a place like in New York City, I get so annoyed. You know, it's there's one difficulty after another in the course of two short city blocks. But I, I love it. I mean, if I'm gonna do it, do it anywhere. I, you know, if I'm gonna be in a city, I'll do it here every day. I know it. I get it. I've been here for most of my life. <laughs> I like. I understand the difficulty and the difficulty understands me and we have an agreement and it's love, you know? Um, So, you know, it was interesting how that came up again during the year of the pandemic. It's like, here I am again. I'm I'm not in the place I wanna be. I wanna be back in New York City and I could have gone. I just, it just, it wasn't right. It wasn't the right time. And it didn't feel right to leave, but I i really was feeling it. And then that just was a metaphor for the rest of my life. Um, and, um, you know, I think the song is really about, like, life is just really tough. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your paycheck stubs say. I don't care what you've got or don't got. I don't care what you think somebody else has more of you. Then you have or where you live or wish you do, you were or who wished you were another person doing something else, you know the grass is always greener, life does go on, and um and our job is partly to feel discomfort and pain um but we, we you know we do have hope, there is hope, there are silver linings and um you know, that's just a day. That's all in a day's work. Uh, and some days are wonderful and some days just are not. So, um, that's really what the song is about. Uh, and it, I love that song because, uh, you know, it, it, it like I said, I love it when I can sort of cleave to my, you know, heroes and heroines. Um, and, Bring them into the light of my work, um, or I can connect in a deeper way. It just—it makes me feel like I'm, I'm speaking to them, and it—and it makes me feel less lonely, and it makes me feel like I get to. It just makes me feel like I'm, I'm communing with them or their energy or something. So um, that's really what it's about. I I hope uh, I hope you'll enjoy listening to it. Um, you know, if you have any questions about it, you can always, uh, write me, you can DM me on my Instagram at Lara Taubman, uh, Lara Taubman sings. Uh, you can also go to my website and I think, and there is a contact page there. You can write me, um, you can send me uh, questions there or whatever, um, you know, I love dialoguing, and after I am done doing all the interviews for Old Kentucky Light, I am going to start again with the next, um, the next uh, set of interviews, and um, I know there will be some very exciting ones coming up there because I have a whole new, new bunch of people I know who are making wonderful things. Um, and are just great people, so anyway, I hope you enjoyed this i hope um that um you know you keep listening and you can hop on board again. Remember, I've got about twenty i think about twenty four uh interviews, some of them are about nine of them are with myself, and then the rest of them are with all kinds of creatives from all spectrums of the creative universe. Um, and I think you, uh, some of you have listened, um, some of you've been interviewed <laughs> and I hope you'll keep listening. Um, and if you think you're worthy of an interview, please reach out to me. I would love to talk about, you know, getting you into a, into the program. Um, the only prerequisite is that you are involved in a creative process, very in a very committed way, and that we have something to talk about. Ultimately, <laughs> that's the most important thing. And you could be in the world of finance, and we could have a, a conversation about process, about creating. I don't care what kind of things you create. Um, it's just you would just have to be involved in something that is forever obsessing you and um, that you're always trying to make bigger, better connecting more and more too. Uh, thank you everyone. And uh, remember I am Um You can find me on all streaming platforms with uh, the singles from the second album, Old Kentucky Light. Uh, you can find the song old Kentucky light on YouTube. You can find the song, the water on YouTube. You can find, um, silver linings on all streaming platforms. I'm on Instagram as Lara Tobman sings. I'm on Facebook as Lara Tobman. I'm on Twitter as at sings Lara and TikTok. Just type in my name, though. It might be Lara Tobman sings, um, Today, I'm going to play you uh, the song Silver Linings. Just wait a couple seconds after I'm done talking. Uh, I'd like to credit the musicians on this again. Steve Williams on drums, Paul Fraser on bass, uh, Walter Parks on guitar, Etienne Lytle on keyboards, and Greg McMullen on lap pedal steel. And it was all recorded in the beautiful Red Hook Brooklyn uh, Atomic Sound Recording Company. Great place to record and great group of guys. Very proud to be working with them. So without further hesitation, I'll play you this song Silver Linings. Uh, keep an eye out for things coming up uh, and uh, more of these for sure. Have a beautiful day and here you go.